Brilliant. So what we're doing is every day we have committed, um, and I told you guys on Wednesday night that there are people from New Zealand, there are people from Switzerland, um, somebody from France, and even Indiana um, doing this Axe Challenge with us. And um, so far on the first day, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. There's about 850 people that are doing this from what we see online. So that's pretty crazy. Um, We're really excited about that. But what we're doing is we're studying the Word together daily. We know that if we want to grow, if we want to be different, if we want God to do something in and through us, that we've got to be in the Word. And not just sporadic pockets of being in the Word, but we as a group, we as a faith family need to be in the Word together in order to grow, in order to be unified on our mission to do some of those things, to pierce the darkness to raise an army of warriors, all of those things, we've got to be in the Word. So that's why we're doing that. If you're a little behind on the curve of that, it's okay. You can catch up. It's real simple. It's just 15, 20 minutes in the Word a day, and then on Wednesday nights, we just chill and talk about it. Talk about what we've learned. We learn from each other. It's pretty cool. There's the Acts Challenge right there. If you go to dfwgathering.com and look at the post that says Acts... um, something, and then the lost, I forget the middle word, forgotten, um, and the lost, you will come to this link later on. It's in the post. Click on it. It'll bring you all the way up to date of where we are today, okay? I give you instructions. Hey, look at this passage. Mark this word. Pay attention to what this word says. So we're learning how to study. We're learning how to tear apart scripture for ourselves, and it's a pretty cool thing. We have over... um, over 70% of you have decided that you're going to do this Acts challenge, and that's pretty cool. Go to the next one. I want to draw your attention to this. Um, charities. We have all of five people that have voted for what charity we're going to send our money to. So later on, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to dfwgathering.com, click on charities, and read the posts. That way I don't insult your intelligence. Huh? You like them all? Well, choose one. Prayerfully choose one. Um, anyway, don't disregard them, okay? So we need you to go home and do that. We need you to focus on that because we only have one week left. Basic idea, we're, uh, we're doing some t-shirts. We decided, hey, it's pretty shallow and pretty gross of us to buy a t-shirt with our name that says, infecting the generation infecting our generation with the gospel if we're just going to buy ourselves a shirt. So why don't we, we're going to spend $20 on a shirt maybe from the mall, some of you more, some of you less. Uh, So why don't we make it cost 20 bucks and why don't we send the extra money to an organization that we want to partner with uh, in order to get the gospel into the nations. So there's a couple of of organizations that we want to partner with You can get to know them a little bit. There's uh, three or four of them. Look at them, pray about it, and then click vote. It's all in that post, okay? Go to the next one for me, please. Last week, we met together. Just make it go blank for a second. Last week, we met together, and we started this, this series where we have focused on one issue. Instead of doing something on Wednesday night, something in community group, and then something on Sunday mornings, we're going to make it all tie together and be cohesive. We're going to be together, okay? So on Wednesday nights, we're studying Acts, and on Sunday mornings, we're studying a book called Forgotten God. Some of you have started to read it. Some of you have already 
posted things on your Facebook about it, like yours this week. That was very cool. Um, and it's awesome because it coincides with what we're doing in the book of Acts, okay? So, last week we started with a cartoon. Do you all remember the cartoon? Yes or no? Yes, okay. Mike Stone King, in a brief summary, um, tell me about the cartoon. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so in case you couldn't hear, Little Red Tractor, they've done things the village people had always done as they've always done. It took them months and months to plow, and then this guy finds the owner's manual for the Little Red Tractor, and then, boom, reads it. One night, plows the field. What happened at the end after they plowed the field? What was the result? Yeah, they give the fruit to the other villages. Not only do they take care of their needs but they have more than enough to take care of the needs of others, and they're on like Time and Newsweek and all these other magazines as the little village because this guy read the owner's manual. Okay, a little cheesy, a little elementary, but how does that relate to what we're talking about? Get us back on the same page. Yeah, so for years and years, maybe in your life, it feels like you're the little red tractor where you're the one pushing the tractor, or maybe you're the one on the other end trying to pull people all the time. Come on, let's go. We can do so much more. We can do so much more. And so what we're doing as a group, we're going to what the Word of God says, and if it's true, which I'm partial since I'm a pastor, I believe that it is, Um, if it's true, then What's missing? What's missing in our lives? What's missing in the American church? And how do we get back to what God's word says to do? And so those are the, those are the things that we've been talking about for the past, uh, for the past couple times that we've gotten together. Um, we, it's been awesome how it coincides with what we're reading in the book of Acts. But I want you today to do what we always do. I want you to get in a group of about five or six people. And it's really important today that it's only five or six people, okay? Five or six. Everybody look around. Commit with the look, okay? Maybe give them a little wink. No touching. No touch, okay? Ready? Go. Find your group. That was for you, Faith. great to see you. It's great to see you. We're good? Everybody have a group? Anybody really scared about interacting with people this morning? I know it's a rarity. 
If anybody has some breath mints or some gum, maybe pass it around because you're a little close. Andrea already has, or Amanda always has gum, right? Don't tell? I always mooch off of Amanda, so now you can mooch off of her too. All right, now here's the question. Here's the question, okay? If, if it's true that when we become believers, that the Holy Spirit lives and indwells us as believers, if it's true that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, okay, massive power here, rose Christ from the dead, if that Spirit lives inside of us, not in a freaky, like, weird way where we're running around the room and waving flags and all that kind of stuff, but if the Spirit of Jesus lives in us, indwells us. Last week we asked, is it that we're, that normal, that normal Christianity is just, well, let me rephrase the question. What is missing? What's the difference? For those of you that are reading the book of Acts with us, give me some of the things that you're seeing in Acts chapter 1 and 2 about this early group of believers. They prayed. What? They prayed a lot, right? Continually devoting themselves to prayer. They had a decision. Pray. Jesus said this. Pray until it happens. It happened. Pray. What else? They lived in biblical community. What's that mean, Amanda? They like did a bunch of social stuff together. Is that what you mean? Okay. They went to dinner a lot. Now we're laughing. Tell us why we're laughing. I mean, we're Baptist, sister. Ice cream socials all the way, right? But do you see what she's saying? This, it's not in Acts, if you're reading chapter 2, it's not just, hey, let's go out to eat. It's they, broke, they continually devoted themselves to prayer, to the apostles' teaching, and they broke bread with one another. So they were involved intentionally in other people's lives for the sake of the gospel. Now, what? If you do that, I mean, the church isn't going to grow. If Christians just hang out with Christians all the time, the church is not going to grow. What would you say to that? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ouch. But yeah, lots of people, right? Okay. And in this category, somebody was talking to me this week, people represent transformation, lives changed, people living for Jesus. So it's okay to want more people to worship Jesus, right? Yeah, not just to have more people fill our pews and be on our roll. Okay. So let me read some of these to you. Um, John 6, 63. 
Jesus says this, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh is no help at all. You remember our little red tractor? How does that fit with our little red tractor? Let me read this again. It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh is no help at all. How does that fit with our tractor analogy? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So put, put it in this scenario. Um, we could, I think Chan talks about this in chapter one. We could have a church service and have a pretty charismatic teacher. We could have, um, you know, all the flashy stuff. We could have this stellar band that just was awesome and all of this stuff and have, in the world's eyes, a pretty successful church. But if it lacks the Spirit of God, what's, what's in it? If it's just us doing it, if it's us doing some marketing to convince people to come to church, then finish for me. A rotary club. Explain that, Alex. Yeah. We come. Rotary Club always has food, too. We have some food. We talk about the community a little bit, maybe help Grandma out at her house, do some nice things, and then that's it. Okay. Uh, let me read this one to you. Uh, Romans 8, 9. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Anyone at Romans 8, I love Romans 8, and I'll refrain from going all the way through it, but... Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Help me unpack that for me, please. If we're saying that there's a difference, normal Christian, and I think last week we used the term a radical Christian, and then we said, I think it was Stephanie. Where are you, Stephanie? I think Stephanie, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, I think she said something along the lines of, it shouldn't be normal. It shouldn't be normal and then radical. The radical should be the new norm. If we are children of God, if the Holy Spirit lives and indwells in us, then that should be the norm. Is that the gist? What to add? Takeaway? Okay, awesome. All right, so what do y'all think about that? Yeah. It's not just a you're a radical believer. You've got a Okay. Or yeah, you've got to just like a baby, you know, when it says we become a believer, we're born again. We're a baby believer. you got to grow. And if you've been a believer for, I've been a believer since I was two years old. Well, if you're 22 years old now, and you still look like a little baby, doing things that babies do, 
There's a problem, right? Right? That would be a problem. If a 22-year-old male, who's 22 in here? Raise the hand. Everybody's nervous. Nobody's 22? Okay, you're 22. If she was hanging out in some diapers with a passy in her mouth, right, and not speaking and... Never mind, I won't go too far with that. That'd be awkward for you and for us, right? Yes. And yet, as believers, we say that we are born again, and yet we're like, I'm comfortable, I'm good, I don't want to grow, I'm fine right where I am. Huh. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Think about it for a minute. Why do you believe what you believe? In regards to the Holy Spirit, in regards to Christianity, in regards to the world around you, why do you believe what you believe? Or ask it this way, what process do you follow in forming your beliefs? What process do you follow in forming your beliefs? Most of us would probably say that our beliefs are based on the Word of God, right? Because we're in church and we're like, yeah... That's a good answer. The Word of God informs and determines my beliefs. But, really, our beliefs are often born more out of convenience and consistency than a careful study of Scripture. Convenience. Well, it's not convenient to be radical. It's not convenient to get up in the morning and instead of immediately checking my phone for Facebook or immediately... Um, hitting the snooze button, it's in my case, it's more convenient to stay in bed than it is to get up and spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the Word, spend time in prayer, asking the Lord to direct my day. It's more convenient for me just to go along my business of work, uh, the rhythms of life, work, home, work, home, weekend. Work, home, work, home, lots of in-between there, weekend. It's more convenient to do that than, wow, Catherine needs help moving this weekend. Let's help her. Or Alex is going to Africa. Let's pray for him. You see, convenient. And then the other C, consistency. Just like those people, they've always pulled the tractor. They've always pushed the tractor. We've just always done it that way. We've always had Sunday school. We've always had Wednesday night. We've always gone out to lunch on Sunday. We've always, you know? And if we looked and asked the Lord, okay, how do I see consistency? How is being comfortable? How does that enter into my belief system? Well, if we really looked at what the Word of God said about this issue of the Holy Spirit, I think some things would be different. I think some things would be radically different, to borrow Stephanie's word. So what we're going to do in our groups for the next five, five or six minutes, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. You and your group are going to unpack them as a group. Each group is going to have a different set of scriptures. Then we're going to get back together. I'm going to say, okay, if the Holy Spirit, if we were moved by the Holy Spirit, if this community lived like the Spirit of God lived inside of us, what would characterize us? And you're just going to shout them out, okay? So, Kevin, go ahead and put those up there. Um, How many groups do we have? One, 
This is a group. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen ish, fourteen, fifteen? Yes? Okay. Uh, you all, look at Acts 1 48. You all right here, Acts 2 1 to 13. Um, are y'all a group and then y'all a group? Okay. Acts 4 31, Romans 8 1 through 17. Someone in your group, like, make a mental note of this because I'll totally forget. Um, where are we? Speaking of forgetting, Romans 8, 26 and 27, back in the back. Let's come up here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, 1, 12 through 14. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Back in the guys, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. 2 Corinthians reference. Um, Galatians 4 reference. Ephesians 3 reference, 1 John 4.13, and then I'll give this group over here another one. Wait for it, wait for it. Galatians 5.16 to 25. Galatians 5.16 to 25. Okay, so if you have your Bible in your group, turn there. If you don't remember which one is yours, ask someone in your group. Don't ask me because I don't know. Read it, read it on your own, and then unpack it as a group, okay? These are a brief overview of what the Holy Spirit does in a person's life. Don't get into like the nitty-gritty details. Just focus on what the Holy Spirit, what it says about the Holy Spirit in these, okay?
Some people have a lot longer ones, so we'll give it maybe one or two more minutes. All right, let's go back up here. I forgot to give the warning today. I always give the warning. If you're the talker, don't be the talker. If you're the predominant talker always, then maybe tune it down a little bit and let the non-talker talk. I won't get into all that right now. Okay, Holy Spirit, if, our, if we based the Christian life off of what the Word says, I know crazy, it's a little crazy to actually say, if we based... What, how we lived our lives off of what is supposed to be what we live our life off of. Um, what would it look like? This is Christian's life. Shout out some of the characteristics from your, uh, from your group. Powerful. Catherine, which one were you? Okay. Powerful. If you have your texts still in front of you, use what the text says in order to describe the text, okay? That's another rule. Use the text to describe the text. Go ahead, Amy. Enabled. Explain. Okay. Ooh. No longer slaves. What's the opposite of slavery? Freedom, but also, I think in another reference, a slave to righteousness, maybe? Or liberty? Which reference were y'all? Second Corinthians, liberty... Sanctified, 
Somebody give me a real quick meaning of what that means. Ooh, I like that. Pushing towards holiness. Be, my goal in life is to be like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? What else? Excuse me? Okay. So, normal Christian life, tell me what to put on the board. Not that the Holy Spirit is our helper in our weakness. Okay. Hold on, I'm still waiting for Amanda. You're telling me about the Holy Spirit. Tell me what it means for the life of the believer. Okay, dependent. Dependent in weakness. And the funny thing is, is that the more we walk with Jesus, the more we realize how weak we are and how truly dependent upon him we really are. Somebody said justified. So the difference, justified, you're declared righteous. Sanctified, you are becoming righteous. You're becoming more like Christ. Justified, you believe and you're credited with righteousness. Sanctified, you have believed, but you continue to believe. You continue to be conformed, made more like Jesus. Okay? Fruit bearing. Fruitful, the Spirit has some fruit that is in your life, singular fruit. Transformed. What else? Serving. Oh, discerning. What's that mean? Okay. I think we talked a little bit about this last week. You don't just depend on the logic around you, but you depend on the Spirit of God to lead you and direct you. You depend on the Spirit of God to, um, to lead, and you follow. Just like if you're a disciple, you're following after Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is your deposit inside of you to allow you, to enable you to follow after Jesus. What else? Okay, so help me out with believer. What do I write on the board? You're in Romans 8. Okay. Okay. Ah. Okay, so interceded for, that means the Holy Spirit, Jesus through the Holy Spirit is praying for us, is on our team, wants to see us succeed, and teaches us, leads us in the will of God. That sounds really ethereal. What's that mean, will of God? What's it mean? what God guides you to do? What are some decisions that we as a group have had to make over the past nine months? You individually. 
okay? Your job. You mean Jesus wants to be king, ruler over what job you have? Right on. You mean Jesus wants to be ruler, king over which mission trip you go on or if you go on a mission trip? Right on. Jesus wants to be in control of who I date? Yes, he does. Yes. Jesus wants to be in control of who your roommate is that's of the same gender? Yes. Yes, he does. Will of God. Jesus wants to determine what your week looks like this week? Yep. The Holy Spirit leads us in that. Give me a couple more and then we'll finish this. Explain that, Josh. Okay, so the storehouse of God's riches, the bank of God's power is huge. I mean, it's ever-flowing. And he wants to, through the Holy Spirit, give us that power to live. Not like power, but the ability to do all these things. The ability to be more than a conqueror over sin. The ability to be moved by the Spirit of God, be going this way and have the Holy Spirit say to you, you need to go talk to that person about Jesus Christ. Those of you who just got back from Tanzania, did that happen to you while you were in Tanzania? Walking this way in a crowd, I need to talk to that person about Jesus. Hey, can I talk to you? Do you remember that, Tanzania people? Awesome. Colombia people, it's going to happen. Venezuela people, awesome. Happening right now in Kenya. Going to happen for Alex for a couple weeks. Awesome. Not just him going out and pleading with everybody, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, and being all spent, but the Holy Spirit leading and directing, you need to go talk to that person. Awesome. Explain, Pam. Really? Awesome. Oh, oh, I love that one. Speak the word with boldness. Oh, that God would make us bold. Oh, that we would know the word of God in order to speak the word of God. Right? Kevin, go ahead. Watch this real quick. Awesome. Have you ever been around a group of believers and non-believers? They're in the same group together. Last week we asked the question, there should be a difference. What should the difference be? Real quickly, turn in your Bible. Everybody turn to this passage. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. You know, we, we think that if there's a difference, maybe the Christians should be a little bit nicer. Maybe. Maybe they should be a little bit more morally conscientious of, that's wrong, I probably shouldn't do that, or 
that's right, I probably should do that. But is it that really all the Holy Spirit came to do in our lives was to make us a little bit nicer or a little bit more morally conscious? Is that all? Based on what we saw, no, that's not what the Holy Spirit came to do. We're going to finish with this today. Look at verse 16. Verse 16, Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Paul, for many verses, has been contrasting the Spirit life versus life that is lived through your power in the flesh. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not... What? If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Then he jumps into one of these lists that Paul's known for about the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. The spirit is against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But, contrast, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, immorality, sex, outside of marriage, adultery, pornography, all of the things involved in that, immorality, impurity, where you look more like the world and you engage in what the world does rather than what is godly, factions, divisions. These are all deeds of the flesh where you are at odds with other believers, you are at odds with everyone. Factions. Um, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness. Hello. Carousing and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty clear line in the sand, verse 22. But, another big contrast, the fruit of the Spirit. So from 17 to verse 21, that's the flesh. You are not supposed to look like that if the Spirit indwells you. Now we're talking about the Spirit. But if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, godliness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And that is my prayer for us today, is that that last verse. Some of you are like, oh, I've got all those things going on. In the flesh side, I'm letting the flesh win. Some of you are like, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I look around at the Christian around us, and that's not there. But I want you to turn inward and say, is my life characterized by the fruit of the Spirit of God? Verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit. Now what that means is, if we are believers, if we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus, 
if we have had that interchange where my sin and my filthy rags righteousness, my attempts to do good, if all of that has been crucified and now I have the righteousness of Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of me, if I live by the Spirit, all of that can only take place by the Spirit of God, then, Paul says, let's walk by the Spirit. What's that mean for us to walk by the Spirit? This is where we're going to close today. What's it mean for us as a faith family, as a community of believers, to walk by the Spirit? Okay, so awareness, spiritual awareness of what's going on, a spiritual motivation instead of self-motivation, what's in it for me. What else? If we walk by the Spirit. Well, look, look at what the text says. There's going to be a difference in our life. There's going to be a change in our life. There's going to be a huge difference in our life. If you walk by the Spirit, verse 16 you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Some of you need to have that imprinted in your head. Oh, I don't know why I always do this. I don't know why I'm doing that. Walk by the Spirit and don't carry out the desires of the flesh. So what I want us to do at the very end of today, I want us to have a little time of prayer. I want you to pray. Lord, Help me to be open to what you want to teach me through your word about the Spirit of God and about how to be led by the Spirit of God, whatever that means. And you know the barriers in your life. You know the things that are in your life that are getting in the way of that. I want to invite you to have that conversation with the Lord today. If you're in the room and you're like, whoa, this is a little weird. I'm, I, I just came to check out church today. This is, this is a believer conversation. In order to move to this part, you have to, you have to believe in the gospel. And we would love to have that conversation with you. Okay? So let me invite you to pray on your own. Lord, I'm open to what you want to teach me through your word about the Spirit of God. Go ahead and have that conversation, then I'm going to pray for us. We're done. Father, we recognize that it is impossible for us to live the Spirit-filled life if we do not have the Spirit of God inside of us. That we're just trying to make ourselves pretty. Father, we recognize that if we have the Spirit of God inside of us, that it's impossible to be free from sin. It's impossible to be enabled. It's impossible to have the power in our own strength. And Lord, we confess that we've tried to do things in our own strength. We've tried to fight sin in our own strength. We've tried to witness in our own strength. But God, we ask that in our faith family, Lord, that we would begin considering what it means to live a life that is spirit-led. Not in our own strength, not in our own power, but led by the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Father, as we look around, may it not be um, that we point the finger at the church and point out all the problems, but Father, help us to look at our own lives 
first. And then, Father, move us from that point to where we can look at the lives around us and what the Spirit of God wants to do through us for the lives around us as a community. Lord, for those that are on the fringe that haven't really pressed in to the community of believers that is growing and is committed here, Lord, I ask that you would, by the Spirit of God, move in them. Lord, I pray specifically today for Alex as he's going to Africa. Lord, I ask that you would give him a boot camp of what it means to live by the Spirit of God while he's in Africa sharing the gospel. Meeting the needs of the poor in Jesus' name. Lord, as he's there, I ask that you would do the same in our group, in our midst. That you would show us how insignificant we are. So that we can realize how powerful the word of God and the spirit of God is in our lives. That you would bring us back to that place of the gospel where we are nothing We have nothing. We bring nothing to the table. But the Spirit of God, the cross of Christ, makes the difference. May we live the cross-centered life. Not for ourselves, not for our comfort, not for our convenience, but for the lost that are around us. Jesus, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for who you are And Lord, I thank you that you are king, you are master, and you are savior. Lord, I ask that you would do things in this group that can only be explained. Yep, that's God, that's the spirit of God moving. We had nothing to do with that. Lord, just like Francis Chan says in his book, where the caterpillar goes to sleep, It's a little weird, it's a little strange, but boom, he can then fly after he becomes a butterfly. Lord, I ask that you would allow people to realize that they are a new creation in Christ Jesus by the Spirit of God. And Lord, that you would do huge things for the sake of your kingdom, starting in my life and in the lives of the people in this room, for the sake of the kingdom of God. We pray these things in the name of Jesus the one who commands through the Spirit of God. He is Lord. He is our rock. Amen.